This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. And today we're going to talk about if it's okay to pray for money. Yeah, that's a question that comes up a bunch. Is it okay to pray for money? And I'm going to ask you, Carol, first off, because you spent 35 years in other religions and practices that are not new thought. Generally, in your background of what you came from, is it okay to pray for money? No. I'm going to paint it with a broad brush, no, uh, because that is not humble. And money is seen a little bit differently in some of those traditions. So you wouldn't want to. So I'll just say no, and then you go from there. You'll just say no. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to ask you to, uh, for as much as you can, to keep your traditional religion hat on so that you can object to everything that I'm saying, because I have heard as we say this, that it's a little presumptuous to say that, in fact, you not only can we pray for money, but if we are actually interested in money, then we have to pray for it. And furthermore, there is a notion that we will hopefully be okay with by the time we get to the end of this podcast, that money is God in action. Already there. Let's okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the idea of money the reason that we want to have a dollar or a hundred or 10,000 or whatever the amount of money is, is, is not because we want to actually have the money. So for example, if I were to give you a thousand pounds of hundred dollar bills, what would you do with it? Well, I have a wealth advisor, two of them on what we used to call speed dial on my phone. So if Mm -hmm. I got that, I'd call them right away. Okay. And some would go in investment, sharing, Saving, of course, and I'd spend a little bit. Oh, so you take your $100 and you'd, you'd buy something with it, stocks or sure. put it into, into a bank account or something. But then sure. you wouldn't have the 100 pounds of $100 bills anymore. Correct. So you don't actually want 100 pounds of $100 bills. What you want is the value that they represent. Yes. Okay. Yes. If you were on a desert island and you needed to start a fire, it's possible that the $100 bills would be helpful in starting the fire. But... That's not the sort of value we really want to get out of our cash. It's the implied value and the belief that having that stack of $100 bills gives me the ability to choose something different, to be able to wield that choice, that that financial energy, in a way that's going to bring something good into my life. Yes. And what we did is we used to barter. So, you know, you were raising chickens and I was growing corn and you'd trade me some eggs for some corn 
or whatever it was that we were doing. You know, I'm making shoes and you're a seamstress or whatever it happens to be. Or, you know, people, you're still in the spirituality business and people are going to bring their tithes over to the church. And it's going to be in the form of the stuff that they grow or that they make or that they have or whatever that happens to be. Money is a medium of exchange where I can value my corn and you can value your eggs. And instead of having to do a direct exchange with the corn and the eggs, we do it with money. So I don't have to choose when I've got the, the, the corn available, what it is that I want to have. So money is a medium of exchange and its value comes from our belief in the value that it has. So when you give me a hundred dollars, I accept it with gratitude because I know what I can do with the hundred dollars. It's not the hundred dollars in and of itself. It's the potential that the hundred dollars represents. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. So that's why, because it's based in our belief, you know, the stock market goes up, the stock market goes down and the value of the money changes. And that is all in consciousness. It's because enough people believe that the money is worth more or it's worth less, that it becomes worth more or worth less. Yes, but you said a lot. I you did. said, yeah, you, you said a lot and, and let's go back a little bit because it's how money is viewed and it's not, I mean, you gave a very practical and relevant and truthful, honest view of what money is. It's a medium of exchange. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about it from a traditional religious point of view, and, and this is also painting with a broad brush. Money is not viewed that way. The emphasis is on you want things that money can't buy. And so if you buy things, things go away. They're never permanent. They're temporal. So you want to, to focus your attention on the things that are eternal. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that 100%. But it takes your mind off of, or it takes your thought off of, the things that you can do with money. And you're taking me to another place because, <laughs> <laughs> because there's also a reason why you want people to think that way. And it, it has a lot to do with power and control. Because if you imagine that everybody had this wonderful consciousness of what money really is, because you made the reference to a number of pounds of $100 bills. That's all it is, because you could burn it up to help with that fire on the island, and it would be nothing. But if you have that, and you understand what that really is, and what you really can do with that, now you are a person that can't be necessarily controlled. Do you see what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's a whole lot more to it than just... Um, it's it's a and this is kind of an ugly way to say it, but it's a fact. If you keep people ignorant, you can keep them controlled. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and so there's there's a huge amount of that mixed in, but that's subliminal. That's subliminal, and so you don't know that, in, in the pew necessarily. Yeah. So what the you know so the message you get is money is not good. You shouldn't want it. You know, God will supply and you really don't hustle, supposedly hustle for a dollar because what you need is going to be supplied. Yeah. And that has much more to do with the church 
and the religion than it does with the spirituality. And this, it's one of those, I think it, overall, it's the good news thing about new thought. It's, it's a good news, bad news thing. There, there, there is always both. And as an example, I have for 10 or 15 years run new thought teen groups and they're wonderful. It's an opportunity to engage with youth and give these principles to, to kids as they're growing up and coming into their own and, and, and starting their lives. And it's fabulous. And it would be so much easier to run a teen group if we had hell. If I had something, to, if I could threaten them with damnation, if they didn't show up, I mean, I can't get them to return a phone call or a text because they understand that they are free to choose. It's obvious to me that having that control in the organization can be really helpful. But my idea here is not to build up something that's going to serve me. My idea is that these are very powerful teachings of truth and I want to share them. I'm giving them away. People don't need me to learn this stuff or to understand this stuff. But if I can be an avenue where somebody can come to understand it themselves, that's what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. So new thought for me is completely separating out the control of the religious organization and the truth of the spiritual teaching. Well, that's the, that's the beauty of new thought, you know, and so your motives are different. So, you're, you know, we're talking about a subject where you're comparing the motives that you have, which are quite different from the motives of, you know, those who would like to keep people in a position of con being controlled. Uh, if there was a hell, it, yeah, you could, you could you could talk about hell like you talk about money. It is, it's just another another tool of control. Right. But, and you know, the danger is, though, when the person finds out the truth. Okay. Now you can't do it. They have to leave or they, you know, you can't control them anymore. Yeah. They refuse to be controlled. And there is a hell. If you've never been to the DMV, when there's a really long line, <laughs> go down there. You can experience hell. <laughs> yeah. It's a few hells I can think of. Yeah. But it's, yeah. But it's not that traditional one that people talk about. No, you don't have to. We don't have to wait till we die for hell. Yeah. We can experience hell right now. Yes, absolutely. I have some examples. Let's take a quick break and talk some more about uh, praying for money. Okay. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call. With Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today, and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now at GodCall.org. 
Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Bill Marcioni, and we're going to continue talking about whether it's okay to pray for money. Is it okay to pray for money? Is it? I, I think it's okay to pray for money. I think, in fact, and, and it goes back to the fundamentals of the New Thought teaching, is that we believe that there is one, one power, one presence, one infinite energy, one divine substance that has been sharing itself as every part of its creation since the very beginning of time. There is only God. There is only the one. So that means that I'm it. That means that you're it. That means that everybody listening is it. That means that everything that exists everywhere, stars, planets, houses, and cash is all God. And it is just that infinite presence sharing itself in a different way. Now, if I get myself to the scenario where I understand that having a certain amount of money is going to be helpful for something that I am working to achieve, then it's perfectly okay to pray for that. If what I want to use the money for is something that is of, and I'm just going to call it corrupt intent. If I want to use money to do something that I know or believe to be not life affirming, then the prayer part isn't going to work that well because what I'm trying to do is to create something that I believe to be negative. But in wanting to create something that's positive, whether it's an opportunity for my kid to go to college, or it's a comfortable place for me to live, or even the ability to go on a retreat or a vacation, or take time so that I can focus on my spiritual upliftment or, or my creativity, then it's fine to pray for money. And people who have an insufficiency of money tend to spend a lot of time thinking and worrying about money. Yes. Yes. Um, I have a little pithy saying that starving people make poor philanthropists. <laughs> poor people make lousy philanthropists too, because if you look at some of the organizations that are doing wonderful things, the foundations that are, that are feeding the, the hungry and sheltering the homeless and bringing healthcare to places that are underserved, those organizations are doing tremendous work. And the people at the top of the organization, all they did was they had a bunch of money and they said, I'm going to give my money so that I can make the world a better place. I'm going to share it. They're leveraging the money that they have and the position that they have to bring more good into the world. It's having a realistic view of what money really is. And I'll go back to your, your first statement when you said money is a medium of exchange. We have You have to understand that it's not about the money, but it's what money can do. And money doesn't do on its own. It's what you want to do with it. And I remember when I was pastoring, every church that I pastored, and matter of fact, I was a senior pastor at three churches in Mainline. And I say that because, and I make that distinction so that you understand that this wasn't a light bulb hanging in the ceiling. This was um, a mindset of many people that was pretty pervasive throughout all of them. And that was you, the idea of benevolence. We want to do good. We want to have a serve food. We're going to have food pantry and a food kitchen and coat closets and all of that. But all of those things cost money. Mm -hmm. And I always had a bigger vision of doing something beyond a four block radius. Yes, we serve our community, which is, is important. But for me, I thought it was bigger and bigger. And when you start to think bigger, you understand that everything costs money. Ministry costs money. To be benevolent costs money. So if you want a larger geography, 
in which you can do benevolence. If you want your space to be bigger, you need more money. It's, it's just that simple. So it's got to be okay to pray for money. But that's a hard, that's a hard uh, transition for people to make mentally. It really is a mental reset. Yeah, there's the belief that, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth and the starving artist is somehow better than the one who's selling platinum albums. Then again, the ones that we pay attention to tend to be the ones that are making a lot of money at their craft. And the artists generally don't set out trying to make money. Artists set out trying to share their creativity and express their art. And the side effect is that they make money that we make money by our writing or our speaking or our teaching or our painting or whatever it happens to be. And the money is a reflection of the value that people are attaching to it. Mm -hmm. So if I want to change the world, being in lack and poverty is not going to help me do that. If I just want money for the sake of having money, if I want money because it gives me power, because it gives me the opportunity to be better than other people, I'm going to use that power differential. That's the unhelpful part. And that's the part where people very accurately understand that it's not the money. It is the intent about how I'm going to allow that flow to happen and what I'm going to do with the money that becomes valuable. So when we're praying for money, it's not to have the money. So if I find myself in a scenario, for example, where there's a mortgage payment that's coming up and I can't afford the mortgage payment, I can pray for the money. What I want to do is be in the bigger picture because it's possible that the house that I'm in and the mortgage that I have aren't serving my lifestyle. They're too much of a distraction for me. So I would be much better served to get rid of the big house, to not be house poor and to open myself up to a new opportunity rather than just praying for the money. Mm -hmm. So when I do a prayer for money, it's always about fit. It's because humans do not need a specific amount of money. There are impoverished countries where people live very happily with almost nothing in the way of money. And there are areas uh, in our country where people with fabulous incomes are still house poor. They can't afford to do anything other than, you know, stay in their mansion and eat ramen noodles. It's about fit. It's about the expenditures and the flow of income or resources matching. Okay. And I was going to ask you to go back to fit when you said fit. That's important because... What you're saying is that, we, okay, you pray for the money. It's okay to pray for money, but not just money. Right. It's about what you're going to do with it or what it means to you or how much that you need and so forth. Exactly. And, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a different approach. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I want us not to go past that, you know, too quickly. It's, this is the amount of money I need to live the certain lifestyle that I want. As opposed to getting a thousand pounds, I like that analogy you used, a thousand pounds, a hundred dollar bills, I think. Yeah. Now, if I don't have an idea of the lifestyle that I want and how I'm going to use it, I'm going to sit there and try to figure it out. Now, I think this is why people go broke when they get money, because I got to figure out what I want to do with this. And okay, so now I'm figuring, well, I'll live this kind of lifestyle and I'll buy this and I'll buy that. And, I'll, and next thing you know, it's all gone. Because it's being used, the whole perception of having it is incorrect. Yeah. It's, and, and see, the Bible says that God will supply all of our needs. And I don't see that as 
my need for daily bread, of course, I'm going to get that. I'm, I'm not saying that God does not supply if that's the way you want to talk, look at it. But how do I know what I really need or desire? Because it also says that delight thyself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So I got to have like a vision of what I need or what I want in order for it to be supplied. So just to, to pray for supply, supply what? Yeah, I think, and that's another one of those things in scripture. I hadn't thought about both of those. The first one is that God will supply all your needs. And that's true because everything that you need is something that is part of God. And it's the quote didn't say, will fulfill all your needs. He will give you the needs. He will give you the, the requirement. You will know that you need food because God has given you the need for food. And the other one about, you know, surrendering to God and you'll be filled with your delights. That's the other part of it. You're being told on the one hand what it is that you need. And on the other hand, you're being given everything that will fulfill those needs and with delight. Money is not doing anything if it's just sitting there. If you get that hundred or thousand pounds of hundred dollar bills, if it just sits there, then eventually it's going to get moldy and rot or somebody's going to take it or something's going to happen. So the first thing that we would want to do is convert it into a different form or use it to do something valuable. So I'm going to use it to buy a car and then I'm going to be able to use that car as transportation so I can get myself to different situations and scenarios and open up new opportunities in my life, hopefully doing something that's going to be uplifting for other people. So I can go to church or I can drive my teens to the teen group meeting or whatever it happens to be. It's not a car for the sake of me having a really cool car and showing off how great my car is. It is an opportunity to be in the flow. And the other term for cash is currency. And like an electric current, it needs to flow. It needs to be in motion. So mm -hmm. what we want to do is put that money into action, hopefully doing some good in the world. And there are enough people, especially very wealthy people, who are using their money for purposes of control for purposes of perpetuating their position at the top of the economic ladder or the food chain, that that's where the bad rap about money comes from. Because there are people with a lot of money who are willing to do those controlling sorts of things. We think it's the money that makes them do that. And the fact mm -hmm. of the matter is, even when they were broke, they were doing those things and they just happened to amass some money that lets them do it more. Absolutely. That's right. So, it doesn't have anything to do with the money, which is why it's okay to pray for the money as long as what we want to have happen with the money is something that's positive and uplifting for us and for everyone else. Which brings me back, and it seems like we always get back to this, with practical prayer. You start with purpose. Mm -hmm. And in my view, that's where the work comes in. That's where, you know, you decide what do I need? What do I want? What are my goals? before you even ask for anything or pray for anything. So the way you explained it, what we're really saying, it's, it's a, again, a mental reset. So you're not praying for a lot of money. You're getting clear in your mind what you need and what you think is important. And, and right. I think that's important too, you know, because what's important to me may not be important to somebody else. Well, I'm not praying for you. I'm praying for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've, you know, I've lived long enough and others too, those who are listening have lived long enough to know that people will tell you, you shouldn't want this, or you shouldn't pray for that, or this is right, or that's, it's highly personal. 
And I believe that the desires that are in my heart are the desires that God put in my heart or because God is in my heart. This is the way God wants to manifest through me. And these are the desires. This is the definition or this is how it looks. And it needs to be financed. That's just Mm -hmm. the world we live in. Yep. And there have been times where I've really wanted to be doing my spiritual work full time, but found that I was distracted by needing to fund my lifestyle. And I had to invest 40 hours a week in funding my lifestyle so I could use the rest of the time to do what I really was being called to do. Mm -hmm. It's about finding that balance point. And you know, moving into a different uh, experience where I get to focus on the spiritual stuff all the time, there's the lingering, well, how am I going to, how are we going to fund this? Where's the money coming from? And as long as I don't get distracted or wrapped around the axle, then it tends to work out just fine. And that's the thing about faith. When we are called to do valuable work and there's something that spirit wants us to do, And it's not that spirit wants us to do it. It's that we are born and grow with a certain combination of skills and gifts and talents. And as we discover what those are, being able to share those and use those and wield those and express those, that's our calling. So it's not that spirit's telling us, it's that we're understanding what we have Mm -hmm. so so that we can use it. And the money shows up. The money shows up. So let's take a break and come back and we'll do a prayer for sort of an ambiguous amount of money. You can put practical prayer to work in your life and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help. He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable new thought musician. Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. You'll uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams. Everything you need to know is on the website at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Bill Marcioni. And we've been talking about if it's okay to pray for money. How much money are we going to pray for? thousand pounds, $100 bills. Sounds pretty nice. When it shows up at my door, I will call you and share it with you because I can't use a thousand pounds of it. Well, yeah, I mean, if it were a hundred pounds, that's too much to lift. Yes. Even if you put it into two suitcases, that's a hundred pounds. That's, it's a lot of work to drag around a hundred pounds of hundred dollar bills. Yeah. You know, and a metric ton, the first thing you want to do is hire Brinks to stand guard over it. Otherwise everybody in the neighborhood is going to come down and say, ah, there's a few extra there for me. (laughs) And you're all, and you're already (laughs) spending it because Brinks is not cheap, right? You got to pay them. There you go. 
My contention is that it is okay to pray for money. And in fact, the only reason that we would not want to pray for money is if our intention in having the money is something that is going to be, uh, that's not going to be life affirming or uplifting. If I want money so that I can buy guns to overthrow the government, I'd rather not have people praying for that. It tends to, to backfire anyway, because when the consciousness is, is one of conflict and uh, aggression, then the first place that the conflict and aggression shows up is in the life experience of the person who's doing the praying. Yeah. But we'll do a prayer for money. And because um, if I had $10 million, I'd be set for life. And if Bill Gates had $10 million, he'd be ruined. We're not going to do a prayer for the same amount of money. Yes. We're going to we're going to do a prayer for enough and it's going to be enough to spend, to save and to share. So it's all going to be used for something. It's all about flow. If the money comes in and we just pile it up, then we didn't actually need the money because it's not doing any good. If the money comes in and we're able to invest it and then leverage the benefit to come back from the investments. And Oh, by the way, if we're investing in a company, the company is hopefully doing some good work and bringing more value into the world, which is why there's a return on the investment. So money is the opportunity to activate that flow to allow more and more and more good to come into the world. And I, I like the, the term flow, yeah. you know, it's, it's very simplistic and it just is what it, it says exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. So let's do a prayer. And this is going to be for everybody who is listening to the prayer. So it applies equally to all. So if you're in a position where you can close your eyes, go ahead and do that. Or to whatever extent it's safe. If you're driving in your car, don't, don't close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> to whatever extent it's, uh, it's safe to do so. Turn away from the world outside, from, from all of the distractions, the bright, shiny objects. So we can turn within. We can open our inner eye to be aware of that divine light of truth that shines within each of us, shines within all of us, that in fact shines within all of creation. Because there is one, one infinite power and presence, one divine light of God's love. It is the one that has been creating since the very beginning of time. We can take it from the Big Bang. There was a singularity and it exploded and started expanding into everything that exists. So everything, everyone everywhere can trace our lineage, our heritage back to that oneness back to that singularity. There is nothing but that one. If we go with scripture, in the beginning there was darkness and void in God. There was only God and nothingness. And God said, let there be light. And the light began. And that light was coming from the only place it could come from, coming from God itself. So that bright light of God's love is shining as and through and in every part of its creation, as the galaxies, as the stars, as the planets, as the particles, as every cell that makes up me and each of us. We are all that infinite power and presence shared in our own unique way. And so is the $100 bills. So is money. So is the opportunity to be compensated or rewarded or gifted in exchange for our presence or our time or our talents or our abilities. Money is that divine presence, the idea of abundance being expressed in in, in decimal form. It actually lets us assign a numeric value and then apply arithmetic to it. Money is simply an agreement that we have about the value that's already there. So knowing and understanding this, we open ourselves up 
to plenty, to a sufficiency of money, enough to spend and to save and to share, enough money to allow us to share our gifts and talents and skills in a way that brings meaning and value into our lives, into our families, into our community, into our neighborhoods, into our world. And there is plenty. The intention is to bring more and more and more good into the world. And to the extent that that good requires funding and financing, the money is showing up. The money is here and it is available. There's no need for struggle or strain. There's no need for poverty or lack. There's no need for financial reverses. There's no need to be spending a lot of time distracted by money. The gift is given and received. There is plenty for each of us and for all of us to spend, to save and to share and to be open to allow more and more and more of that good to come into our lives. There is no power that stands in the way of this. There is no opposition to that divine presence. Everything that exists is that divine light of God's love shining in its own way. And that's true of each of us. That's true of all of us. That's true of the prosperity that is even now unfolding for us in the form of plenty of money to spend and to save and to share. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the, for the funding. I'm grateful for the opportunities to, to create. I'm grateful for the wonderful new ways that this good is coming into being. And I'm grateful for the awareness of the creative law that has always been responding. The law that said yes when the infinite said, let there be light. It's once again saying yes. This good is at hand. It is underway. And I let it be. And so it is. And so it is. Another fun one. Another one. This one was <laughs> really, really great. I love it. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.